Welcome to the Get Social Podcast. Before I get into today's episode, I do need to address the name change. After tons of feedback and conversations with listeners, I slowly started to realize that what people are really craving is social media content-based information. So I've made the decision to transition this podcast over to social growth-based for all business owners. Obviously, it's going to have a a real estate business-related backdrop. However, there's so much that we can learn from each other within other industries because we all face very similar struggles within our businesses from content creation, growth, branding, leadership. So welcome to the new and improved Get Social podcast. And this is technically the first episode. And I'm so excited. Today I have Adam Hubble with me. He is with First Western Trust. He is a lender. He is a husband, dad to two kids, and has been in the industry for three years after transitioning from liquor and wine sales, which I love that. Right. It's a nice, a lot of benefit. <laughs> and he does have a podcast, uh, Wine, Whiskey, and Wealth, which I yes. love the yep. brand on that. And I met him on social media. So we will get into that more towards the end of the podcast because it's a very cool story. But with that, welcome. Thank you. So excited to be here and very honored to be guest number one on the new <laughs> podcast. So thanks so much for having me. We should have we should have had drinks here. Right. I forgot you were in liquor. This could be a great uh, launch into wine, whiskey, and wealth. Yeah, which I do really love that name. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. That is the perfect example of like where you've been, right, and where you are now, and just merging them together. Right. That is very very cool. Um, so mortgages, I I actually just found out something very interesting that I want to point out. So, in a recent poll of home buyers. Somewhere like 80% of them didn't know the word lender or what it meant. Really? Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So because we we use it all, literally like some, all the time right. in this business, but a lot of people didn't know that lender meant mortgage, right? right. And I can see where if you're not in this business, right. that could be a little confusing, right? right? So I wanted to address that for anybody who's out there listening to this, a lender is... Yeah. A mortgage right. broker. I think there that's a good um, kind of uh, message for us in general. I think we speak a certain language that first time home buyers, especially, or just people outside of our interests or our, our industry, um, they don't know a lot. And we speak it almost as a, you know, our first language. We're talking about title and lending and inspections and all these different yeah, LLPAs, which we'll get into. Uh, and people out outside the industry have no idea what we're talking about. And so to go back and you really have to understand who your client is and really lay out the, you know, the handholding and, and really um, explain yourself and make sure that the client understands what you're talking about. Because when you're speaking a language that the other person doesn't understand, it makes it for a real tough experience um, in, in the education and what you're trying to get across. Uh, can often be lost in translation. Yeah, and I think it could hurt your client retention too, right? If you're one, if you don't, you do. You almost have to talk like you're talking to your 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 child, right? Totally. Like you have a six year old, right? You, it's like talk like you're talking to your right. to your first grader, right. or second grader, because we do use words like escrow and PMI on the mortgage side, and right. people don't know what it right. means. So, and um, educating our clients is another way for them to refer us in the future. So having a client that we have educated and have taught what's going on and explained to them the terms and what's happening with their transaction, 
makes it so much easier for them to refer to their family and friends. Oh, we had such a great escrow with Shay and, and the lender was so great. And, and, you know, they, I, they erased my PMI or this and that. And, and it really helps that uh, future referral. Yeah, absolutely. And that being said, going into education, I want to talk about, we, there's been some big changes with FHA mortgages and just mortgages in general that are taking place here this month on March 20th, I Correct. believe. Yep. And I don't think enough people are talking about it and educating it. So tell me, let's start with the FHA changes. Sure. Uh, fill me in on what is going to be changing with the reduced PMI. Right. So effective March 20th, there's going to be a reduction from 0.85 to 0.55. So a 30 basis point reduction in your mortgage insurance that you have to pay on all FHA loans. So let's assume a standard down payment for FHA is three and a half percent. Let's assume a loan amount of 472,000, which in Arizona is the maximum loan amount. Mm -hmm. That is a roughly savings of about $118 a month um, or just under $1,500 a year in savings. So it's making that home affordability that much more for first time home buyers who are or, you know, maybe they don't have a lot of savings set up for these uh, escrow reserves and the monthly payment of an extra $118 less is huge. Uh, huge. Yeah. That's, I huge. Mean that, That's awesome. And then two, let's just say, you know, cause rates aren't fun right now, even for FHA, although right. is it correct that FHA tends to be lower than a conventional? Correct. Okay. Yep. Yeah. See, again, this is all stuff yep. that even I'm like, it, it, <laughs> not my lane. In um, general. And uh, so even though rates, why, why though would they reduce the PMI but not control rates and bring, help bring them down? Why would they address just the PMI? What's the reason behind that, do you think? Like they're trying to make it more affordable, but at the same time, rates are... Flat. Yeah, they, you know, the banks have to make their money. They have to resell the loans on the secondary market. So the rates, um, that's a... That's a conversation above my uh, pay grade. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But for the PMI, you know, just to bring back home affordability, you know, the, the increase in home prices over the last several years, especially here in Arizona, in our market, we've seen massive uh, home appreciation numbers. So to um, bring back a little bit of affordability with the mortgage insurance um, reduction is going to bring, I think they said about 850,000 people or families um, into the affordability area for an FHA loan this year. Crazy. That's awesome. That's um, a lot of families. Such good, good news. And uh, But I have also heard that even though that's awesome news and we are like shouting it from the rooftops, there are some changes coming to the way the pricing works on your end, which again, this is where I get like in over my head that are people that have really good credit are almost going to get dinged, whereas people with bad credit are going to be incentivized on the conventional side. Is that Correct. right? So on the conventional side, Fannie Mae effective May 1st this year. So another big change this year in, in two more months, um, they're going to add what's called loan level price adjustments to loans. And those are pricing adjustments that hit the loan before it ever reaches the bank to take their uh, markup on it. So um, what it's doing is they're offering um, more benefits to uh, borrowers with uh, lower credit scores and who are putting down less money on a house, so having a higher loan to value to, again, increase affordability. But on the other end, people who have higher credit and are putting down more money, let's say 20%, 
um, they're actually taking a hit on rate. And um, so the idea is bring back more affordability to first time home buyers or early home buyers. Um, and then for people who are already, you know, maybe they're investors are looking for second homes and investment properties. There is still this, the private banks um, and private lending options that you can do. It's just Fannie Mae, the government kind of oversight yeah. that wants to, again, support affordability for lower credit score and lower income families with um, less down payment. Yeah. So help get them in the market. Yeah. Right. Like just get them in there, which is nice. Get off the hamster wheel of rentals. Right. right, which needs to happen. Rents are at an all-time high. Right. So I, I can see where that is benefiting those people who who need it. They need the help. Right. And they, we want to see them get into home ownership. It's a little bit of a Rob Peter <laughs> to pay Paul situation. Yeah. Um, but in this case, Paul is uh, doing pretty well and looking for investment yeah. properties and second homes. <laughs> and if he has to pay yeah, a, a half a percent higher rate, I, I, Paul can afford it. And um, I always say that when it comes to... <laughs> mortgages in general, what I've found is there's no free money. Right. So like you've got Quicken Loans offering you this killer rate. They're killing you on the fees right. to make up for it. There's no free money yeah. when it comes to mortgages. Right. Someone's paying for it. And that's a great analogy, right? Robbing right. Peter to pay Paul. That's Right. Yeah. We all get our money from the same place. It's just what are your what are your fees and how do you disclose it? So, you know, are you talking about the points in the upfront um disclosure of that rate or the fees coming in on the back end. Yeah. Um, either way, we all get our money from the secondary market and no one has a monopoly on that. Yeah. And that is, remind me, that's a May 1st change. Correct. On that one. March 20th is the FHA. Correct. So if you are buying FHA, you almost want to wait and, and make sure you're closing after that March 20th. Right. Which at yeah. this point. Assuming, yeah, if you're under, you know, typical 30-day close of escrow, you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you definitely, if you're going to, if you have a closing date set of March 17th, March 18th, March 19th, try to push um, it back. delay that puppy. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're a buyer who has really good credit, get out there and get a contract in ASAP before the changes happen right. on May 1st, right. because that will affect people. Do you find that, um, like when changes like this happen, that's the one thing I am really vocal about lately is make sure you're calling your lender and checking in as these things are happening. Agents, like make sure your pre-qualified home buyers are doing a check-in with their lender, even if it's not your preferred lender, because right. it doesn't always happen that right. way to, re to check in and see where this is going to change. It's going to make things more affordable for a lot of people. And you want to know that as you're out there shopping. Right. If anything, these are two reasons why if you're thinking about buying anytime soon, or let's say you're Let's say your lease is up on your uh, apartment in May or June or July, and you're thinking, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna start looking around May or June. Another reason to speak to your lender in advance, figure out, you know, apply, figure out what your situation is there, and then let them go to work for you and put you in the best situation possible. I know it's not ideal, but I get calls all the time where it's, hey, um, it's. Friday afternoon and I just found my dream house. Can you, I'm going to apply right now. Can you give me a pre-approval oh, at six o'clock? I did that too and last <laughs> week. <laughs> Are you talking about me? No, I wasn't, but, but see, maybe that wasn't point, it Friday. Yeah. It, it may have been yeah. Wednesday, uh, but it was but it definitely five yeah. o'clock. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, for us, you know, I think the way that we provide value or I provide value with my team is that we really dissect what's going on with our clients. We do a big, um, you know, review of their financial situation. We look at different loan options, look at different down payment options, 
so often people apply and they say, okay, I'm going to put down 20% and, you know, and then the lender goes, okay, here's your approval for 20%. What we just said about these loan level price adjustments is 20% may be a worse rate than putting down 5%. And if you're in a situation where let's say some of that down payment is in an investment account or retirement account or some other account that, which are a lot of, they're down right now. Yeah. Hold on to that. Don't cash them out put down 5%, get a better rate, let those accounts mature a little bit and come back. And then you do a, a reduction in the future or, um, yeah. you know, refinance. That's a very good point. Like you call up a, a, a Quicken Loans, again, not to keep like throwing them under the bus, but they deserve it. But Just don't call it your five. <laughs> say one answer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like they don't do that. They're not looking at that. They're just saying, okay, how much do you want to put down? Here's what you're pre-qualified for. And um, half the time you're pre-qualified on very bare, bare minimums. And it may not even be the case. It's not even a trustworthy number. Right. And so it's so important now more than ever to work with a professional that can give you that advice. And I right. love that. Yeah. Not not being an order taker in our industry is uh, I refer to back in the liquor industry when someone just sends you what they want for that month or whatever and you're just you're just taking in their order. You need to be advising. You need to be offering solutions and other options um, to be a real trusted advisor in yeah. this industry, and that's I think the the goal for us. Yeah, the service and the educa- the education and backing to it. And um, I am going to talk about that next I will give a little intro on how I met Adam and he followed me on social media and he commented on so many of my posts I I I knew your name I knew Hubble Hubble Home Loans like I just I started I saw you were engaged and then when my sister was filming with you for a podcast I was like wait I know I know that name right literally like just the last name the Hubble piece stood out and I was like Oh, he follows me on social. He's, I love him. I literally think I said that. I love him, (laughs) even though I had never met you. But that's what happens is you, you create connections on social media that you don't even need face-to-face interaction to make that determining factor of whether or not you like somebody. And I came by, came to your office, watched you do some podcast filming. Love your office. And the... then you were ready and you're like, let me show you what I go through and the process that I take when I get a buyer that walks in. And you took me through the process of like, I greet them, we sit down, you took me through a presentation, you gave me alcohol as a parting gift and that was (laughs) a way to my heart. But it, that was so powerful for me to see that experience because I do believe that's where the lending world, just from my perspective, being on the other side, the real estate side, I find that the lending world has gotten very impersonable, impersonable over the last few years. Right. And most of the time, the lender doesn't meet the client. Even if I'm the catalyst of like, let me introduce you to my preferred lender, mm-hmm. they rarely meet in person. Mm-hmm. Why has that become so normal? People are... are living in technology world, you know, they're on their phone all the time. And I think that, you know, to go back to what you said about coming into the office and going through the, um, we call it a pre-purchase mortgage consultation. Shout out to my uh, mentor and partner, Jimmy Versalino for creating that. (laughs) He and I are are of the same belief that you cannot develop a trusting, long lasting relationship um, as a advisor to these clients um, without meeting them in person. 
And so, of course, we do the digital mortgage application and all that, but we always like to have our clients in the office to go through this pre-purchase mortgage consultation where we also invite the agent in. So we sit as a team and kind of set an expectation for what they're going to expect throughout the mortgage process, what the agent can expect um, or what the client can expect from the agent what they can afford, what they're, what they're comfortable paying. Um, kind of like a, uh, if you go into a doctor's office and you're going to have uh, a procedure done, they say, okay, we're going to touch it here and here and here, and we're going to take these measurements and we're going to do this. It, it kind of uh, helps you with that um, expectation of what's going to come. And when we do have, go through the mortgage process, it's so much simpler. We go through the fees that you're going to incur before closing. We go through what are your questions and concerns up front. You know, is it down payment? Is it monthly payment? Are you contingent on the sale of your current property to fund this new property? There's so many different situations and, and scenarios. And people don't think to tell you that stuff right. up front, right? right? At least I it's find just, that. I want to put 5% down or 10% down and, yeah. and I need approval. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to buy it. And you're like, okay, well, what? A, where do you currently live? Oh, I own my house. Oh, yeah, I need the, that money. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. You're right. It's totally like the doctor's office. Yeah. It is a big deal. And what that does is develop a relationship. It, it puts us in situation, in situation to be a trusted advisor for that client. And it also makes a client for life. It helps the agent yeah. get referrals in the future. It helps us get referrals in, in the future, which is the goal of, of our industry is to have people that we work with at the end of the mortgage process or the, at the end of escrow, not just say, yeah, I worked with Shay and Adam and it was, it was good. I'm, I'm happy with my house. It's to say, oh my gosh, are you thinking of buying? You have to use Shay and Adam. They are so good. They laid out the red carpet. We met in person. They went over everything that was going to happen in the mortgage process. Shay knew exactly what I wanted to um, purchase with my monthly payment, what I was comfortable with. And it was just fantastic. They are the best. You should not use anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's the difference between going to a restaurant that you love and, and at the end you say, yeah, that was a good meal or good, good bottle of wine or whatever versus telling your friends and family, oh my gosh, I went to this new restaurant. It was fantastic. You have to try it. Yeah. That's the difference between us and what, what we're trying to create as far as um, being the advisor and being the, the trusted partner for life. Yeah. I love that. I wish, I hope. More, I hope it, that lenders out there that are listening to this um, latch on to that and obviously learn. I know for me, um, that was a really, really cool experience, and I want my clients to have that. And it's it's gotten way too lazy out there yeah. of, okay, we're going to get on the phone, and then I'm going to send you to you know my processor, and, we're gonna, and there's just completely impersonable right. relationships on the lending side. Right. And I know my clients have felt it where right. they feel like they end up with questions at the last minute when they're, when the settlement statement comes out and they're like, wait, 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 I didn't understand the point thing. There's so much. Right. And you have to remember, people aren't reading a lot of things either. They're trusting you that it's all in order. And then DocuSign comes up and they're click, 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 mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And then they, then it's at the very end when you're at the finish line that they're looking at all this going, hold on a minute. I didn't understand that. You didn't explain that very well to me. Um, goes back to your original point of speaking the language. Mm-hmm. You know, when we bring the client in and we show them this presentation, here's the documents, here's the situations, here's the, um, you know, whatever it may be, they understand what we're saying. And so when that, that situation comes, they're ready for it or they expect it and they understand it. And, yeah. you know, taking on the biggest debt of your life, 
primarily from buying a house, um, you should know what you're spending your money on. You should know what the costs are and to have a lender show you what those are and really explain them. Yeah. I, I mean, you versus having someone to say, okay, here, here's your pre-approval, go find a house and yeah, good have luck. Yeah. <laughs> Call me when you have contracts, yeah. right? Yeah. So that being said, let's transition over to your social media because you are really good about being active on social, posting on social in a world that a lot of people aren't, right? There are a lot of realtors and lenders who are very resistant to do anything on social media. They, you know, they do their core and their coaching calls and they think that, you know, I'm going to make my phone calls this week, but they just are being very resistant to picking up the power of social media and you've done, you do great with it. Thank you. It's a, it's a really great tool if you use it effectively and it helps, you know, I mean, we can talk to people all, all over the world. Um, people that we never have met face to face, we can have pretty good interactions um, and develop a relationship or at least a baseline for a relationship for when we do have that in-person meeting and really solidify it. But yeah, it opens a lot of doors and, um, you know, it's a huge tool that um, I think a lot of times is underutilized. Yeah. What made you, what made you take the first step? Oh, well, I, I started on social back in my liquor and wine career, um, advertising events, advertising things that we're doing and just finding out that you can reach so many people through it. Um, and then this, you know, trying to kind of create the brand that we have. So, you know, me as a father and a husband, um, as an ex, you know, high-end spirit and, and wine consultant to now this mortgage advisor, um, how that all plays and, and try and relate to people, how, try and become um, somebody that people can um, understand and they can uh, relate to. Yeah. And you do post personal stuff on there as well, which is important. Yeah. I think it's very important to be human. Yeah. Show, show that human side. That's exactly it. Right. And you have one account, correct? Correct. Just so the you business do all account. All your... Yeah. All your Instagrams on the one, which is definitely recommended and the way to go. Do you do any others? Do you do TikTok? Are you on TikTok? I am on TikTok. I'd say I'm a very mild user. I haven't yeah. I've reposted stuff from Instagram on there. Yeah. Um, it's, I know. It's, it's like a wild world. It is. It's it, a it, wild yeah, so That thing's its own beast. I just love to ask people because it is similar content, right? Like whatever right. you're posting video-wise – on Instagram, it goes on TikTok. It seamlessly, you just right. upload it. Um, but it is just different. It is. And so uh, it's the like my least preferred platform only because it doesn't take much to get people to start hating on you. Yeah. It's, Have you ever gotten that? No, oh, luckily, good. but <laughs> it's, really you know, it's just a matter of time. <laughs> Especially in real estate for some, there's just people out there, they hate realtors and they hate people buying houses and they, they're just, they're brutal. And, but do that being said, you feel, do you make your own content? Some yes and some no. We've got a gentleman, um, Ron, who works in our office that, that helps create stuff. We, we send him a lot of ideas that he puts into, you know, Instagram format for us. Um, but then also like, you know, we're doing here and like I'm doing with my own YouTube podcast. channel and that and podcast yeah. is to yeah create it on our own. And then we've got an in-house um, podcast video studio at our office, which is great. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, trying to create more myself, but there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it and it takes a lot of time. Yeah. Um, so 
Are you Instagram or YouTube? Which one's your uh, preferred platform moving forward in 2023? I think Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on Facebook as well. Facebook. Yeah, I kind of forget about Facebook. Yeah, yeah. I know I've, you know, they say it's the number one uh, real estate yeah. platform. I post stuff on there, the same thing I post on Instagram, and it gets two likes, one from my mom and one from my same. aunt. Same. I'm and the it's, same. You know, thanks, Mom. But, yeah. you know, it, it, I get 10 times the amount of um, interaction on Instagram. So. Yeah. No, I, it's, they do say that too. They're like, you know, pick your platform. You'll know which one's working for you based on your content and stick with it and roll with it. But I, Facebook, I think for our, for our businesses, I'm sure that a higher end buyer is probably more easily found on Facebook just because the older generation tends to be on there more actively. But I do think it's changing and the cool thing about you is you are obviously targeting buyers in your content, but then you also are targeting realtors. Like you right. want to connect with realtors that is right. in an audience for you. Right. And I feel like that leaps and bounds is the place to do it. Right. Right. Yep. Finding out how do we can provide value to real estate agents like yourself and also to clients, how we can, you know, give our information and give our knowledge and I think that's the best way to find businesses through giving and through um, advising and, and putting out information there that's useful that other people can use to benefit themselves. And then they send it back. Yeah. The one thing you do that I love that nobody else does, and I have tons of agents or lenders, sorry, that are on my Instagram. And every Monday you always do like, here's what to expect for the week. Like feds meeting Wednesday or, <laughs> you know, like I love that. I love knowing I don't have time to follow that. I don't have time to follow what the Fed is doing and what FHA is doing and all of these changes because we all have to just stick with what we're good at. And then I rely on you to be my educator on your lane, right? And I love that you do that. Nobody else does that. Well, again, shout out to Jimmy Versalino for president. Yeah, I think that is great. It's just another tool to put us out there as a trusted advisor yeah. to give information to clients uh, and agents like yourself um, to to uh, answer questions and to provide um, information on the real estate industry and mortgage industry. Which, like you said, you probably follow what's going on in real estate more and. Um, yeah, so like I can tell you about supply and demand and I have to know all of that stuff. And right. it, it just, we all have so much on our plates that I think it's important to realize like we are collaborating. It's not a one-way street. Right. And that is powerful. And I, in 23, I came into 2023 with the mindset of I'm going to align myself with partners that do business the way I do. So if you are a lender and you're not on social media and you're not active and you're not educating me on all of these changes. I, I I get it. You might be excellent at what you do, but we are not a good fit. And it's, um, reading the book who, not how right Mm. now. And it's so good. And it's about who do you align yourself with? Not how do you do it all? right? Right. And your who's in your life are so important. And the lender falls in that category for us as agents. Right. And if you aren't getting value and align properly with who you're using for mortgages on the lending side and referring your clients to, you need to step back and really examine if that's a good fit. Right. So we don't have, uh, we don't work, we don't have an hourly rate. 
our value is based on the information that we provide to our clients, you to your clients and me to you yeah, and, and your clients. But, you know, value is something that is something I think we're all striving for to give. Um, and the more you can do that through education, through updates in the industry is just going to set you um, up for so much success in the future. Yeah. And what do you, what are your goals for your social media in 2023? You're already great at it. What do you kind of have on the, on the horizon for? So we kind of touched on it earlier, the, the wine, whiskey and wealth podcast. I really want to create a platform for um, agents, for really the whole, the industry as a whole. So other mortgage um, advisors, um, title people, inspection people, at, um, appraisers, um, just to give a platform to tell their story, to tell, you know, what makes them unique, what are their um, companies, um, offerings and different things. And then, you know, to also kind of um, showcase ourselves and, and to add, add education um, and information for free, to, for free yeah. to our clients. And to the industry, right? That is just Correct. totally something that we have to do better at, I think. And again, I love the way that you've added value to my business. Right. And um, I think you, you kill it. And Thank I love you. it. And I love that we met on social media. I think that is the true testament to it. Because the question that I get, I don't know if you ever get this, but I get asked or I hear people ask other people all the time, well, what's well, how many leads do you get from social media? I've, like, if I hear that question one more time <laughs> when I'm in a social media class or something, well, how many leads do you get from YouTube? How many leads do you get? Like, why do we gauge everything in leads instead of relationships? Mm -hmm. Because you really can't put a value on growing your sphere, and when you're really doing it properly, you it's almost hard to track. So, Jim Rohn. Um, really great businessman has a really famous quote that says, it's not about what you get. It's what you become. Ooh, that's good for you. I mean, your social media is fantastic. You are putting yourself out there as a, uh, local, as a mother, as a wife, as a, um, experienced agent, as a, um, educator, as someone who supports their community and who acknowledges small business and, and gives them a platform and there's all those little things that add value, um, and that's who you become is this trusted um, educator really of good. some sort. Yeah, yeah, that's excellent. I love that. That is, um, that's where you are. So you're licensed in all 50 states. Correct. Is that correct? And that is in and itself really cool to know that you can work anywhere. Right. And that also means that you're, you have this massive net that you can cast. Right. And how else do you cast that that's, that's anywhere else? Social media. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's no other platform that you could use if you go back 10 years where you could say, I'm licensed in all 50 states. I can help and work with anybody. Right. I mean, right. Good luck. Like, yeah. what are you going to, what are you going to, how would you even attempt that right. without? the power of social media like we have today. And I think you've had a situation like this, but you know, we live in a state in Arizona where we are having people move here in droves. I think um, your sister put out a, a uh, f information about about 250 people a day. They said in 2022, Crazy. Yeah. 
uh, moved here. So for us, you know, putting out this information as, as advisors and people who understand second homes and investment properties and all these different things that you put out on your social media mm-hmm. for someone who lives in Wisconsin or Missouri or Minnesota, then Illinois that are moving here in droves. Mm-hmm. Hey, here's a, here's someone who's local, who's knowledgeable, who understands what I'm looking for, who's set in their market um, and who is an educator and someone who can, I can look to for information, not just a transaction. Yeah. Yeah. I, ironically, I was driving here and I was listening to a podcast of an agent who in 2020 started implementing Zoom coffees with other agents all over the country as this precursor to like the great migration of people to Phoenix Mm. and Arizona. And a huge chunk of her business is just like, is referral business back and forth. And that's the other tidbit for us as agents that people don't talk about enough on social media because again, we're like how many leads we just lead, lead, lead. Um, but there's power in referrals. You know, uh, you meet an agent from another state and they have a client moving or an agent within their brokerage does. That's usually where they go first is inner brokerage. Hey, does anybody here have an agent, a lender that works in Arizona? And so even from a referral standpoint, not just hot leads coming in that you can throw into your CRM, but referral between agents is massive totally. on social. Well, and, and it, if another agent inside your brokerage has someone who's moving here and looking for a second home yeah. and you have four videos on your social about here's five tips to learn about buying a second home. Here's a information on loan level price adjustments or FHA information in 2023. Here's, you know, why Arizona is a great second home market. Here's why an investment property in Arizona does so well. Who are they going to go to and who are they going to think of first? Yeah. It's always the top of mind, the person that comes top of mind. And that goes for a, a lender as well. I mean, we all, we all know so many lenders on the real estate side, right? right? right. Awesome lenders, people right. that are good at what they do. We, um, they're in our circles, they're friends of ours, but the top of mind will always win. So right. when the client does panic at five o'clock because they found a property right. that they want to put an offer in on, right. they are going to go, all right, you got to call the top of mind person, right? right? Yep. First and foremost. I also, the other thing that I love about you, and I'll kind of, say this and then wrap it up, but you answer your phone. I'm not calling an office. I'm not calling an admin who is funneling the, (laughs) all the calls for you. I know that my clients, when they call you, they get you. Correct. And I am all about that because some of these lending teams have gotten so big that there's all these different people that are in the mix and in the process. And again, going back to simplicity for the client, there's something very confusing about, hey, I'm working with this lender and then I'm getting emails from four people on their team because they have all these different people that work under them. Right. And I think that that's become somewhat of an issue in the lending world. And again, I don't want that. I want things very simple and understandable for my client. And I love that they can just call you and they get you on your phone. Right. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've just completely overcomplicated so much. I know. In this in this industry, and I don't know why. We need to go back to the personal personal relationships, you know, and again, that's what drives lasting relationships. That's what gets you a client for life. 
That's what gives you referrals down the road. I mean, the average person is in their home for seven years. So um, ideally you get two, three referrals out of that or two, three um, transactions out of that. Um, And they're not going to, if you're just, if, if I'm the, the loan officer who answers the phone and then says, Hey, my partner's going to send you um, the application and then he'll call you for these documents. And then at the end, I'll have a closer reach out to you to schedule your notary and this and that. And then they, you know, they're like, who a am I working a with? A week after, yeah. <laughs> are they going to remember your name down the road? No. no. Are they going to want to tell all their friends and family about what a great um, transaction, what a great um, scenario they had? No. No. They don't even know who you are at that point. And exactly. then when the time comes to refinance, again, it goes back to who's top of mind, and that's who gets the refinance. And there's just right. there's no nurture right. whatsoever. So you have done such a good job with that, both on your social media and in your business. I've seen it firsthand. And I just have to commend you on that. Keep it up. Thank you. And I love working with you. Thank you. And I hope anybody out there that is looking for a lender to really help them uh, take their business to the next level, Adam is is the man to reach out to. Thank you so much. And definitely follow him on social media. You are at Hubble Home Loans, correct? Yep, Hubble underscore Home Loans. Ah, the underscore. (laughs) The underscore will get you. Um, And I'll definitely make sure that I tag him in this episode as well. But thank you so much for spending time with me. And Thank you. It's a pleasure being here. Keep crushing it. Thank you. You as well. Thank you. See you next time. See you.